0: Thank you
1: Welcome to another great edition of Strong Style. I know it's been a while, but I am your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Man, it good to be back. There has been so much going on on uh, on my side of things. Everything's good. It's it's nothing bad. It's just uh, it's a lot of lot of busyness and, and just other things and didn't get it. You know, couldn't. Get the show done. That changes. They've heard that before. That changes. Because here we are again. And for people who are new to this show, uh, I'm Jeremy the Impact York from Impact Media. This is Strong Style. It is our MMA, pro wrestling, and combat sports weekly show. Supposed to be weekly, I promise you. And uh, like I said, we we uh, we get on here. We talk pro wrestling, practically every major one that's on uh, U.S. television at the moment, and we talk Bellator. We talk UFC. Uh, if there's other events that that I find myself at or that you guys want me to talk about, we talk about those. Overall, we talk about combat sports, pro wrestling, MMA, all the fun stuff. All right, so there is a lot to get to, as always. So I'm just going to start with WWE, and I'm and we're going to start with pro wrestling. We'll talk WWE. Uh, obviously, I'll talk Raw, NXT, SmackDown, and uh, then we're going to talk Money in the Bank because. Some things happened. Some things make sense. Other things don't. And we'll get into that. Let's start with last week's Raw. Last Monday, uh, it opened up with Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley. This is in order to keep the New Day versus Lashley as a, a fresh story and everything like that, plus Xavier Woods versus Lashley was actually a really good match, because it wasn't in a cage, even though that match was pretty good too, but it gives Lashley a good opponent that's related to his actual opponent, as far as being his tag team partner, so that at Money in the Bank, when they face each other, kind of made sense what he's been doing lately. Uh, crazy thing is here, Xavier Woods ends up with a, I believe, roll-up victory. Big win for Xavier Woods. That is a, that is a, he's a fantastic wrestling performer anyway, but the fact that he gets a win over Bobby Lashley, folks, Bobby Lashley is a, a trained mauler. He, he used to MMA fight. He would, he was an army ranger and then he pro wrestled. And before all that, there was amateur wrestling and all kind. He has so many disciplines. But this just gave more hype. It brought him down a little bit, clout-wise, so that when he faced Kofi, it would look a little more even. Because as good as Kofi is, Kofi is on the fringe of being a main eventer. Bobby Lashley is a top performer, top star. That's no knock on, on Kofi. Just where they are on the card. That's where it is. Sure, Kofi's a former champion. I give him that. He deserved it. But that's why you do things like that. Um, And I'm not going to go through every match or everything on each card. I'm just going to kind of go over the things that I think are relevant. and I think you need to know. You know? Like, we're not talking Alexis Playground from last week. Because it doesn't really mean anything. But that, Woods winning over Lashley... Could set up some things down the road, or it just helps the pay-per-view. Um, I like the gender Mahal is back. I've talked about that. I like that he has uh, Shanky and Veer as his henchmen. They are big bruiser guys. Uh, I don't think I've seen them wrestle Russell yet, but uh, there's big bruiser guys. They're, they're his muscle. Him having a faction, I like it. Because it's not a three-way team. This is not a three-man band like like he was in before. This is not uh, where he's just a part of it. No, he's in charge of this, and uh, and it's not too. Let's see. I think the last time he was in a, the last time he was in a little group, maybe it was just one member, but it was. I think it was one of the members of Escobar's group in NXT right now. And they were okay, but they were little small guys, didn't really fit what he was trying to do, and, and they were just more kind of uh, pests than they were enforcers. I feel like uh, Shanky and Veer can, can have actual matches. Now, they've put him against Jinder Mahal in a thing against Drew McIntyre. I think that's a good thing, because Drew needs to take a step back from... Being in the main event, uh, he carried the company through the pandemic. He he was the the raw champion. He was a good champion. It sucks that he was champion and got a lot of big wins and big moments with no fans there. But they'll pay him back down the road for what he did right here. But uh, gender coming back like this, and then him against Drew. This makes this a a main event top level. fight because the two of them know each other very well they will work very well with each other they know things about each other they can use against each other when when conversing and like i said this sets up drew can face veer one one week he can face shanky another time um i don't know who you would pair with them with drew at the moment maybe the viking raiders i don't know to uh, kind of make it a, a six-man tag at some point. But Drew versus Gender is something I think we're going to see over the next couple months. We're going to see that really start to blossom, and I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, they had a, a four-woman match, uh, Nikki Ash, Alexa, Ashka, and Naomi. It just Those are the four women from Raw who were in Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank ladder match. But uh, Nikki Ash... Gets to win in this. Now, Ash, she was Nikki Cross. Now she's Nikki Ash, almost a superhero is what that stands for. She comes out in a weird little spandex kind of suit. Uh, I have no idea where they're going with this. But, hey, sometimes you get dealt a weird hand and you just go with it. And what is Nikki doing? She has embraced it. And who knows? Maybe it takes off. But she gets a big win there. Gets a lot of momentum heading into the pay-per-view. Pretty much from Raw, the rest of it was uh, just kind of things here and there. They're they're trying to drum up a little bit of interest here and there so that when they have a match, it's not just totally random. But, you know, even the Falls count anywhere, Morrison and Ricochet, they did a couple little, little high spots here and there. But beyond that, it was okay. It was just okay. Let's go to let's go to SmackDown next. Then we'll talk Money in the Bank. Then I'll circle back around to NXT. I think that will make better sense because NXT didn't, uh, no, it didn't factor in to Money in the Bank on SmackDown. First time ever, fans are back. This is huge. How does the show open up? Well, old Vinnie Mac, Vince McMahon himself, walks out. And he only says one thing. It was weird, but very Vince McMahon-like. He says, "Where the heck you guys been?" Makes this, you know, funny little joke, like uh, like the fans have been holding out on him or something. But uh, I, I thought it was nice because the first day the fans are back, and you see Vince McMahon's face in the arena, and it's out in front of the crowd. That's what needed to happen. That absolutely needed to happen. Uh, Roman and the Usos took on the Mysterios and Edge just, just to drum up interest in the Money in the Bank stuff because Roman ends up with, uh, I think he pinned Ray. If I remember correctly, it didn't matter. It gives them a lot of momentum heading into Money in the Bank, which we will get to in a minute. Uh, they've got Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. They are only calling them Knox and Shotzi at the moment. Oh. You know them in names, they're they're real weird about it. But anyway, they took on Natalia and Tamina the Tag Champs. And once again, uh this time Tegan Knox pins Natalia. It's weird that it's Natalia the entire time that that she's technically seen as the weaker member of the team. But second week in a row that the tag champions have been pinned by an upstart random team that uh appears just out of nowhere. Now I like Shotzi Blackheart and, and Tegan Knox. Love watching them wrestle. They are really good. I didn't. I don't know if they've ever been a team before. I don't know that far back, but we'll see what they do. They seem to work pretty decent together. Uh, Carmella took on Bianca Belair for the S- SmackDown Women's Championship. This was on SmackDown. It's because they uh, didn't have room for it on the pay-per-view, so they went ahead and did it here. But uh, even though Carmella come up short this time, I hear she's going to find a way back into another title shot. Because with Bailey injured, there's really nobody with enough clout, because that's the only reason she's stepping in here is because Bailey got injured, and she kind of took the spot last minute because she's the only other one on SmackDown that's got enough clout to uh, be able to step in and do that. They've got to work on a couple other ones. But, you know, for now, Bianca wins again, and uh, I guess they get the pay-per-view off. Let's go to Money in the Bank. The Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Now, here is, uh, it is known for the Money in the Bank ladder match where there is a briefcase or so up in the air, hung up in the air, you have to uh, climb a ladder and retrieve the briefcase to get a world title shot on either brand, either of the three, I believe, either brand. And you have to make sure that everybody else in the match can't get up there and knock you off the ladder. So, in the men's Money in the Bank, this was the no-brainer pick I bought. The women's was the one that was interesting, but I like it. The winner of the men's Money in the Bank title shot, who has a world title shot on either of the three brands, whenever he wants to, he can wait till somebody's knocked down, he can... Uh, he can just up and challenge somebody to a specific date. There are all kinds of all kinds of things you can do with it. Uh, the best thing to do is to wait until the champion is down, and when the champion is down, you run out there, catch him the briefcase, knock him down, pin him, and you win. It, it's kind of the sneaky, maniacal way to do it, but why not? This is for the World Heavyweight Championship. Who cares about being noble? You win the belt. You can explain yourself later. Big E Langston. They don't go by Langston anymore. But Big E wins. I had it between him and a couple others. He makes the most sense. He is ready to be on the main event. He had to lose his Intercontinental title a couple, you know, month or so back. He's kind of been floundering around, not doing a whole lot up until now. This makes the most sense because he's got main event written all over him. So now. Uh, you could get him and Roman, as long as Roman retained. You could get uh, him versus Karrion Cross. He could go to NXT. I don't see that happening. Uh, he could challenge... Bobby Lashley, as long as Lashley retained, even if they didn't, if you chance, he can challenge either of the three. And it's not like the Royal Rumble where, you know, like a, a week or so later, you have to declare who you're challenging. No, nah, he, he can hang on to this for up to a calendar year, I believe. So you just kind of paint that away, for lack of a better way of putting it. And you just kind of, he can go on and, and do his own thing, and then out of nowhere, he can come flying out and win the belt. And I do think when he cashes in, that he's going to win the belt. If he's smart, they will use that as the sneaky option. Or as the, uh, you know, maybe somebody gets injured and you have to call an audible. Well, you grab the guy with the money in the bank and you go get out there and do it. And the winner of the women's money in the bank, Nikki Ash. Nikki, almost a superhero. That's awesome. There's nobody. There's nobody that deserves it more than her. Uh, you know, she could. She could cash in on Raw versus Rhea or Charlotte. We'll get to that match in a minute. She could go against Bianca Belair. I'm okay with that. She could. I don't. I don't think she would go to NXT. She could go to NXT and challenge Raquel Gonzalez. I think would do that. It would kill all the momentum Gonzalez has. But good for Nikki Ash. Good for her. Like I said, the, the, both these people deserve it. This is not like one of those, oh, this is stupid. No. By all means, these are the people who should have won those matches. And they did. So congratulations to them. Uh, the Usos win the tag championships from the Mysterios. Look, this needed to happen, too. For one... It puts pressure on Roman that he needs to retain versus Edge, because if so, then they control three of the belts. And there's not a lot of fourth member in their group, so don't have to worry about the other. But they control three of the belts on SmackDown. That makes them a very powerful group. And the Usos are one of the better teams over there, so that makes a lot of sense. I think it's the seventh time they've won. Congratulations to them on that. Did with retain? We're going to talk about that because that was the main event. I can't get into that now because there's something that happened in the main event that is going to change the landscape for the next month or so. And I don't want to burn it right now. We had AJ Styles and Almost, or Almost, or whatever his name, big dude, who were the tag champions on Raw. They went against the Viking Raiders and they beat the Viking Raiders, as they should. Uh, AJ and almost is an interesting dynamic. Um, I don't really know what they're going to end up doing with it. I mean, they can go for a little while, and this is a way to have somebody as good as AJ Styles have a belt and develop a new guy, kind of bring him along at a good pace and hang out with AJ going on a lot. It, it's a good mix that way, like I said, in that way AJ Styles has a belt. Because he could really, he, he's a threat for any of them. Uh, Lashley versus Kofi. This was a squash. It was a straight-up squash. I hate squash matches. For people who don't know the lingo, a squash match is where one person completely dominates and runs over the other person in a very quick-like manner. And that's what happened here. So you get all this build-up. You get Xavier Woods... Versus Lashley a couple times. You get Kofi running in to save his buddy. You get all this stuff here, and then you get that crap. So here's my thing. By tonight's Raw, free and clear, that's out. I don't want to see Kofi and Lashley even in the same quadrant of the building. Let's move on to Lashley's new opponent. But we don't know. But this is what I'm saying. Whoever his next opponent is, that's what we move on to. Uh, We had Rhea Ripley, who defended the Women's Championship versus Charlotte. And, of course, Charlotte wins. This is probably the payback or the get right from WrestleMania, where Rhea stepped in and beat Ashka. Charlotte was probably going to beat her, and so they're kind of doing that now. But now Rhea and her can can still go out a little bit. Rhea Ripley is the future of the division. One of the futures. There's a lot of futures in the women's division. Uh, Charlotte's still the queen. I, I don't have that much problem with that. That's fine. They're also trying to appease Charlotte so she doesn't go join her fiancé, who is in AEW. Because there is a little rift between the WWE and Charlotte. It's getting better, clearly. And having her win the belt helps. And then lastly, Roman Reigns defeated Edge, as he should. So Roman has ran through the entire roster of SmackDown. He's ran through Edge now twice. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. uh, He's practically ran over anybody he can over there. So you're going to have to either do some sort of talent swap, right, for his new... And, and Roman should. Roman is, is the best thing the WWE has going right now. And it's it's not because everything else is bad. No. What Roman Reigns is doing is all-time classic. He is Brock Lesnar with a personality. Another personal to Brock, but there's a reason why Brock doesn't talk much. Because he's never been that good at it. He's good at performing. He's good at wrestling. He's good at being physical. Roman... Actually kind of shows you emotions and kind of takes you through a little bit of a journey. I Big fan. Big fan of what he's doing. I, I love it. I like him as a super heel, but, I mean, as a super face, super heel here. The bad guy, yeah, this Roman is, I mean, I don't know who you get to beat him. If it is Big E, then yeah, it makes Big E an instant star because Roman is still the benchmark in in at least SmackDown, maybe Raw. So, like I said, you either have to do some sort of talent exchange where you get somebody from Raw over there or somebody from NXT gets a call-up. Well, that wouldn't do any good to call them up just to go against uh, your champion. So you're probably going to have to bring somebody in or in this case, bring somebody back. Who did they bring back? John Cena. Yep, John Cena returned, stared down Roman Reigns, did a few of uh, his little poses, and uh, then called it a night. It looks like with SummerSlam just around the corner, we're going to get Roman versus Cena. This could really put Roman on a different level, because not if. When he beats Cena, because I very much think he will. When he beats Cena, you're beating the guy who carried the company and was on top for 10 years. So, even though he's been out of it for a little while, coming back, probably for a one-off, kind of like The Rock does, and coming back like this, it's going to make Roman look even better. It's going to make him look even better. So, that's your recap there. I look forward to see what... um, Nikki will probably have a briefcase tonight, I would imagine. Um, we'll see AJ and Omos. We'll see Charlotte. We'll see Lashley. It'll be interesting to see what they do going forward because now's the time to recap last night a little bit. Time for them to do kind of a, a review. And you don't have to worry about a fresh opponent yet. But by next week, you need to start lining some people up because I believe we're not that far away from SummerSlam, which is the next big event. NXT, I'll be honest, there was a lot of good action. A lot of it doesn't mean anything. Uh, Tyler Rust beat Bobby Fisher or Bobby fish when did I say Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fish, I'm a big fan of Bobby Fish. He is a great performer who is also a master mechanic. He's good at making the other guy look good as well, uh, which Tyler Rust needs a little bit of help on. Uh, Tyler part of the diamond mine faction with, was it Malcolm Givens, Bivens, Malcolm Bivens, I think, and forgot the trainer guy's name, and then Bobby Fish's former teammate, Roderick Strong, who we thought was gone from the company. That's why that's interesting, because at some point we're going to get Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong. That's That's got potential A-plus written all over. And uh, Bobby will get some people to kind of team up with him and help out with some of these things there to face the entire group. But for now, having him slowly go through everybody in the Diamond Mine would, would uh, be a good program, plus it helped make them look good. Uh, it seems like there has been a talent exchange where Mandy Rose is now in NXT. Uh, just when her and Dana Brooke were kind of building up again a little bit. I mean, just, I don't know. That was kind of weird. Uh, change, of, change of scenery can help her out, though. But uh, you got Mandy Rose down there. And uh, Aaliyah, who her and Jesse Camilla were a tag team under the Robert Stone brand. And uh, after they lose to uh, Casey Squared, as I call them, to. Casey Canizaro and Caden Carter, real good team. They got a, they they do well together. They're a good team. But uh, after Casey squared one, uh, Aaliyah knocks Rob around a few times. Says, uh, "I'm tired of carrying you. I'm done." She walks off. Well, she walked off because she's getting called to, called to Raw. It's kind of a talent exchange where it's Aaliyah for Mandy Rose. We'll see what they do with either one of them. And then lastly, I still stand by. you don't call him Johnny Wrestling for nothing. Johnny Gargano had his title shot against Karrion and Cross. Most people would say Gargano, being as small as he is, has no business in the in the main event. I would say, au contraire Montfrere, that not only does he deserve to be in the main event, most of the time he is the main event. This was a fantastic match. He left all of his teammates, it, even his wife and everybody from the way, out of this match, as they should be. Uh, in the end, Cross ended up winning. Samoa Joe was the ref. Joe and Cross, I think, somewhere will uh, definitely get into it at some point. But for now, Joe called the match the way he needed to. And uh, Gargano, I still say Gargano, and Austin Theory should team up and go for the tag titles. I think that is a uh, great place for them to be. Let's go to, let's go to AEW, because uh, when I talk Impact Wrestling, we will jump into Slammiversary, which also happened over the weekend, where some uh, some things got jumbled up and some new faces showed up. Slammiversary is always the time when they like to bring in people, and uh, they did this time around too. They had a pretty good crop, and you're going to recognize most of them. But let's go AEW. This is Fighter Fest Night One. Fighter Fest Night Two is you guessed it this this Wednesday. Fighter Fest Night One. We open up with the IWGP US title on the line. That is a new Japan title, but since John Moxley is kind of stuck over here right now because of the quarantine things, and it's it's hard for him to. Uh, be able to take time away from AEW to go over there and defend the title. You still got to defend the title. Well, they've been able to defend it against uh, people with ties to New Japan. Well, and not any different. He took on machine gun Carl Anderson. A lot of people say, Carl Anderson's a tag team wrestler. Yes, he is. But he also made the semi I think the finals of the G one Classic, which is a great singles tournament they do over in New Japan. He made the I believe the finals of the of the G one super tournament a couple years ago. The dude's good. The dude's good. Uh he come up a little short on this one, but hey, John Moxley, one of the best performers in the world right now. Looks like Malachi Black. You guys remember Malachi? He's uh, Alistair Black, basically, but uh, it looks like Malachi and Cody are going to get into a little thing. That's pretty cool. For one, that's a that's a great matchup. Cody and him uh, actually complement each other pretty well. And also, that's a great way to get introduced into the AW, AEW kind of stratosphere is to take on well one of the top brass. Uh we get the verbal confrontation between Hangman and Omega. Omega's got four world titles right now. He's got, I believe, the AAA in Mexico. He's got the Impact Wrestling. He's got the AEW. And I think he had another one. Not too long from now, I think you're going to see him drop one or so. Um, if he's going to drop it to anybody in AEW, I think Hangman is that guy. He has always been that next-tier guy, like the Big E like the BU situation. But instead of winning one of the uh, crazy multi-person gimmick matches, they uh, just let Hangman continue to be Hangman, and the crowd loves him. Uh, the Dark Order back him up. It's, it's a good thing. But they kind of have that confrontation. A bunch of Omega's people are down there, the Dark Order down there. Most important thing here is that Hangman and Omega are going to get into it at some point. There's some tag matches coming up. There's some other opportunities as well. I'm sure he will face one of the Young Bucks or the Good Brothers or one of those somewhere down the road. But this thing is going to happen. And uh, there was a coffin match, Darby Allen versus Ethan Page. It was okay. I didn't understand why we had to start with. It was a big wooden coffin that, after Ethan Page was thrown into and the lid was shut, Darby climbed up on the top rope and did a coffin drop through the lid of the coffin. I—it's that whole jackass stuff. It's that it, it stuff was was okay it considered entertainment 10, 15 years ago. It's—I I just don't get into it. That's that's part of why I I, I don't get into the Darby stuff is. I don't get it. I don't get his thing. But that's just me, and that did happen, so I did tell you about it. Uh, Ring of Honor, real quick. He had Fred Yeehaw versus Ray Horace. Ray Horace ends up with a win there. Uh, Fred looks good every time he goes, but Ray Horace, good victory there. He had Quinn McKay versus Mandy Leon. Quinn McKay, the, the uh, usual host and announcer of the show. Uh, this is their second match. It happens to be against part of the same faction she took on, Angelina Love, I don't know, a month ago. She's a pretty good wrestler to be on the the newer scale. But uh, you can tell she's got some pretty good chops. Uh, She kind of drug Mandy through some of the stuff. But Mandy ends up winning kind of underhandedly. That's just kind of the way they do things over there. Uh, Then you had the Foundation minus Jonathan Gresham plus Joe Keyes. So the Foundation of Keys versus Shane Taylor Promotions, they now have a fourth member. Man, they're scary. It would be hard to beat them anywhere. And the Foundation learned that as Shane Taylor Promotions gets the win. They are the best four-man faction by far, the best faction in Ring of Honor, and probably one of the better ones in wrestling right now. Good win for them. Now... Let's get into Impact Wrestling. Uh, Tenille and Caleb with a K, yes, he's a dude, had a tag match against Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. The point of this was to put Jordan and Rachel back together as a team to show they get along, so they did pretty well. They end up winning the match. I don't they're, Their Their winning tag division is just weird. But that's a good team. I I like putting the two of them together because they, they can still face each other down the road, but uh they're a good team. Um other things you need to know. They need to do a better job with Moose. I used to fault Moose and it is part of his it still some of it falls on him. Moose should be a star in their in their company. You just had a guy take on Kenny Omega a couple weeks ago. You just had the guy, he stands, up every time there's an invasion, every time there's a new guy that shows up and starts throwing people around, throwing his weight around, Moose seems to be the one to stand up. And you just, they, they're not doing much with him, and it's weird. But put it on there, he had a match with uh, Hernandez. Uh, of course, he won that. And that led us to Slammiversary. Slammiversary is like their WrestleMania. It's their big show. Uh, we'll start right off the bat. It was the Women's Tag Team Championship, where Fire and Flava were the champs, and they took on Havoc and Rosemary, and uh, a weird team they put together about two or three weeks ago. It kind of works, and I guess it's got to work now, because they're the tag team champions, so congratulations to them on that. Um, I'm a, uh, Havoc is good. She's quite good. It's not, oh, good, because she's that big. It's like, no. She's a good wrestler, good performer, and then you get Rosemary, who is one of my favorites by far in the in the women's division over there. Uh, a little strange, a little weird at times, but they're the tag champs, so we'll see what they do moving forward. There, I could see them against Ellering and Jordan Grace somewhere down the road, or maybe Fire and Flava get a they had a pretty good run as the initial champs. Ultimate X winner, that's where a bunch of the uh, X-Division wrestlers all try to climb. Uh, there's two cables that crisscross the middle of the ring. You have to, to climb up a, a, a little tower, kind of go go across one of the things and, and uh, get the X down and you win. Or probably the X-Division title. Uh, Ultimate X winner was Josh Alexander, which means he retains. I like him as the champ. Uh, somebody's going to knock him off somewhere down the road, but he is he's one of the better choices, so no problem there. You had Matt Cardona, who needed a female partner to take on Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood, who apparently at some point dated Cardona. Well, who does he use to face his ex-girlfriend and uh, best friend? Because for people who don't know, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona do a podcast every week talking about wrestling action figures. And they also used to team together a lot. If you saw the two, you'd know who I'm talking about. But if you're going to face your best friend slash enemy and your ex-girlfriend, who would you possibly pick? How about your actual girlfriend? Yep, recently released Chelsea Green. The hot mess was back in the impact zone him, her and Cardona end up winning the match. Of course, it's good to have Chelsea back. She was starting to build up in WWE, and then got the injury. And then before she come back from injury, they cut her loose. She's healthy now. She's in great shape. Adding her to the knockout division is just going to strengthen it tenfold. It gives you a crazy, weird, great option out there for all kinds of matchups. Uh, Eddie Edwards lost to W. Morrissey. W. Morrissey, they're they're still trying to build up a little bit. Eddie's liked by everybody, no matter if he wins or loses. He's a a great showman. So this was a a good way for Morrissey to pick up a good win. Uh, Finjuice returned from New Japan. That is uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson. They returned. They ended up facing Madman Fulton and Shara, who were taking offense the referee who was part of the X-Division match. Uh of course, win. It looks like they're going to be around for a little while again. So if they're going to be around for a little bit, then uh, it's it's good to have them around. These little one-offs aren't going to help anybody. If they hang out for a handful of tapings, then that's great. Here's where I start to have problems with the booking. Just told you that Moose should be pushed, and they should do a real good job of making should be making uh, him him into a uh, a better, more substantial star. Well, he had a feud going with Chris Sabin, returning Chris Saban. He did hurt Chris Sabin. He was the one that hurt him in the match. It wasn't intentional. But they always do that. Whoever returns from injury usually come back against the person who put you out. And they had Chris Saban win. So Moose has went from facing Kenny Omega in a high-profile world title match to, what, two to three weeks later, losing to Chris Sabin who returns from injury. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get what they're trying to do with this. It just doesn't make any sense. If you're going to build and do something with this, and that's one thing, if you're saving the win now so that Moose can get the one later, okay. But I just feel like this is a one-off, and, and by this week's show, it'll be something completely different for both of them. It was a four-way tag team match for the tag team titles. You had... Let's see, it was the, you had Violent by Design, which in this case was Rhino and Joe Doran, the two biggest bruisers in that. You had, I think, you had the Good Brothers, you had them, you had uh, Fall Out by, And TJP. Uh, I believe TJP couldn't wrestle for some reason. So actually, No Way Jose. I think you guys remember him from NXT. And a little bit on SmackDown, recently released. Well, now No Way Jose come out. And that that was pretty cool. Uh, It doesn't matter, though. Your new tag team champions are the Good Brothers. It makes sense. They should be the Impact title holders. It gives them that nod here again. They are good, classic tag teamers. And I think it will do more good until you build up some other teams. Because now Violet by Design, uh, I, I heard that uh, Heath is about to return. So maybe him and Rhino get back into a team and feud with Violent by Design. There's some stuff you could do. But we'll have to see. sometimes they have a good idea and they just don't do anything with it. Diana Perazzo, who has ran through the entire knockout division, this is why it's good to have fresh people in, had a mystery opponent to defend her belt at the pay-per-view. A mystery opponent turned out to be NWA legend and former AEW wrestler and star Thunder Rosa, and while she beat Thunder Rosa, this opens what we call the forbidden door, where you don't cross promote, you don't do things like that. Well, it seems that Impact Wrestling and New Japan and AAA in Mexico and, let's see, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AAA, AEW, and the NWA all have little talent exchanges where you can do here and there. Well, this opens up a world of new possibilities for everybody on the roster, especially Perrazo, who wasn't a fan for a while. But when you watch her work, as methodical and cerebral as she is, she's one of the best female performers out there right now. Congratulations to her on keeping her title. And then that led to the no DQ, not to really come up with that, that was new to me, Sammy Callahan went against Kenny Omega. To me, this was the opportunity to get the belt off Omega and Sammy Callahan to be the savior because... If Moose didn't do it, Sammy Callahan doesn't do it, there's nobody else on the roster that makes any sense whatsoever to beat Omega to get the Impact Wrestling belt off an AEW wrestler and back in your building. It's just weird to me. But Omega ends up winning with the help of all of his buddies. And then the most bizarre... Off the wall, surprising, exciting, response eliciting person showed up. I would have never thought this, but this could be insane. I think he's called the switchblade in New Japan. Jay White showed up and stared down Omega. Jay White versus Omega, this is a classic waiting to happen, and I can't wait. If you don't know who Jay White is, Google him and watch his recent work. He is one of the best wrestlers in New Japan, and it looks like he's over here for a little bit. Maybe it's part of this talent exchange again. This could be epic. Still, once again, i would be the Impact Wrestling Champion. we we'll would be in New Japan at that point. It's kind of weird. But we've already had Finn Juice back when they were tag champs, defended their defended the Impact Wrestling tag titles in Japan. So why can you defend the Impact Wrestling? So that was same anniversary. I thought overall this was a B to a B plus card. The way everything played out, there's a lot of options and some things you did. You built up a lot of people. There was a couple little things, you know, the Moose thing was like what and. um... You know just uh a couple of the things here and there it was it was more or less a way to debut people or to get certain wheels in motion, and you know it is what it is, right so let's now talk about the main cards of uh let's go bellator first bellator two sixty two Happened on Friday night. I like they do Friday nights. It's, you know, you come in from the day. You get, you know, find you a good beverage. Throw your feet up on the couch and watch some great, great fighting. Well, let's talk about the main card. You had Johnny Eblen who defeated Travis Davis via unanimous decision. This was a really good fight. You had 30-27, 30-26. 30-26, which means it was a 10-8 round in there somewhere, and Johnny dominated. It was really good. Uh, Arlene Blinkow defeated Dayana Silva via punches one minute into round number three. She just came at her, and and it it was going to be hard to stop. Uh, Blinkow needed a big win there, and she got it. Got uh Mateus Matos defeated C.J. Hamilton via TKO, which was punches as well, a minute and a half into round number two. Same thing. He caught him on a spot, and there was nothing for Hamilton to do. Matos gets another good victory there. He's going to keep moving up the card. Then it got a little hokey. Tyrell Fortune. Defeated Matt Mitrione via submission, which was, I don't know why it was submission for strikes, when when uh, the uh, the last two were TKO for punches. But either way, he defeated him a minute forty five into round number one. Part of the reason he he had the better of him is there was a, uh, an unintentional. Uh, Terrell Fortune was moving forward and was moving his head off to one side, and Matt Mitrion ducked down to to try to defend a strike, and it was an inadvertent headbutt, and it opened up a spot on Mitrion, and uh, there was a couple of little spots where it just, it allowed Fortune to jump on Mitrion, and he got him. Great win for Fortune. Mitrion uh, is not going to whine too much about it. Uh, he's just going to, get himself together, and and keep fighting, which is what he does. And we'll see him back. And then, the main event. Juliana Velasquez against Denise Killholz. Man, was this a good one. This was back and forth. This this went down to a split decision. Juliana, I thought... uh, very purposely won uh, a round. Denise Killholtz definitely won a round on her own. And then the the other round, I believe it was round two, was um, kind of split. And that's what led to the split decision. They gave the fight to Juliana Velasquez. Good for her. I believe she keeps her title at this point. Uh, I kind of agree with a couple other people. I think Denise Killholtz won but I'm not a judge. They did not ask my opinion, and that's not to take away from Juliana. Like I said, it was pretty close. It was 51-49. Just depended on, you know, judges are all around, so maybe one of them saw something that, that I didn't see. But I feel like these two could, could uh, go at it somewhere down the road, and uh, I I definitely can't wait to to uh, see the, those guys do that. Uh, the next Bellator is like two weeks from now, I believe, so... We will talk more about that uh, next week. Let's go to the main card of UFC Fight Night. You had Billy Corantillo, who defeated Gabriel Benitez via third-round TKO. Three and a half minutes in. That was a good fight. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira used the rear-naked choke on Dustin Stolfus. Uh, for the round three win there. He just, he kept at him and kept at him and kept at him. And, and when he was able to get those hooks in, uh, uh, I mean, pretty much, he got the hooks in and there's just nowhere he could really go. Uh, Matus Gamrot defeated Jeremy Stevens via, via a great Kimura. Stevens was, uh, it was just a minute into round number one. Uh, they went down to the ground. Stevens was fighting a couple things, and then when Gamrock got that kimura in, it was deep, and Stevens was tapping, uh, you know, faster than churchgoers on a hot Sunday. It man, and, and Stevens is a beast, and he he put him in a spot where he, his arm was not going to go any further without breaking. And and Jeremy's smart enough to tap. The Jeremys are are smart enough to know when to get out of things. Uh. In her return, Misha Tate defeated Marion Renault in her last match. Marion Renault is, is gonna retire now. Be a third round. It was a uh, a TKO, it was a stoppage. Uh Misha Tate, man, it's uh she's in really good physical condition. She did some really good things. There's some things she's gonna she's gonna work on, obviously, but last time she fought was five years ago. she's had two kids and and uh lived in India in between this so the fact that she came back she looked really good in doing so against uh a fresh opponent for a lot of that division and she just beat the number twelve ranked person i think I think you uh since since Renault is retiring, I think there's your number twelve but uh congratulations to Misha Tate. my goodness. That's going to be fun. Uh, and in the main event, Islam Makachev, or Mahashev, rather, defeated Tiago Moises via naked choke. And this one was even; it, it was even crazier. Makachev and Moises were trading punches. They went to the ground a little bit, and at one point, they go to the ground, and Makachev gets his back he gets his back. It's the same way as, as I said before with uh, Quarantillo. He was waiting to get those hooks in and hooks in, and when he got it, he cinched it in, rolled over, and by the time he rolled over, Moises was tapping, because he had it in, and there was nowhere for, for Tiago to go. Islam Makashev is now 12-1. and If you do not think his coach should be coach of the year, his coach has coached it's five and zero oh, as a coach this year.
0: You guys know his coach.
1: I'm give you a second to think about it. You know, you know it.
0: Come on now, come on. You know it. His coach is Khabib Nurmagomedov.
1: Khabib is now five and zero as a coach. How is he not coach of the year already? He stopped at twenty nine and zero. He stopped at 29-0, said uh, he promised his mom that once his father passed away that, that he wouldn't fight anymore. He has not. He has went into coaching. All his people are are just smoking everybody else. When it comes time in between rounds for uh, for a trainer or a coach to come in and talk to the fighters, guess who comes in? Him. And he is coaching these guys up big time. How insane is that? How crazy, right? How crazy is that well they've got some other fighters coming up Makashev is, is uh, 12-1 he's he, he deserves a top fight for sure he's probably going to get it for pretty sure look out for this guy man he, he is a monster but that leads us to UFC Fight Night this Saturday I'm going to start at the bottom of the card Tell you some ones that, that uh I like. You got Randy Costa and Adrian Yanez in the Phantomweight Division. That should be fun. That's gonna be on ESPN and ESPN Plus. I think the whole card is. You are gonna get Mickey Gall and Jordan Williams in the welterweight division. That's gonna be good. Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber could be fight of the night. The women's flyweight division could be fight of the night. you got 11 and two versus eight and two. Both of them need that bump up and taking out the other may just do that. Uh, Darren Elkins is taking on Derek Miller in the featherweight division. Pretty much on the main card now. Kyler Phillips at nine and one is taking on the 20 and three uh, Raleigh and Pava in the bantamweight division. Yeah, this is all on ESPN, and ESPN plus. Uh in the women's bantamweight, you're going to get nine and one Aspen Lad. If you've not seen Aspen fight, do your homework and then watch her face. Macy Chiaison. or is it Chaison? I love I don't know. I got people talking in my ear. It's I don't. Either way, Macy and Aspen, nine and one versus eight and one in the women's bantamweight division. The winner is going to definitely be up in uh, possible contender. Status, but like I said, this—if—if if the other fight I just told you about, Miranda Maverick Macy Barber in the women's flyweight doesn't steal the show, Aspen versus Macy in the bantamweight could, and then the main event, 14 and two in the bantamweight division, Corey Sanhagen is going to take on 17 and four T J Dillashaw. Dillashaw Sanhagen, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That is just going to be ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. But just to make sure I'm correct, I'm going to check Bellator real quick. But, man. You just had two big pay-per-views in the wrestling world that set the landscape going forward. And now you're going to have Dillashaw and Sanhagen. Yeah, July 31st, the next Bellator. All right. That's what we thought. So we'll talk more about that next week. But it's going to do it for us. Shout out to all you guys for making this amazing. To come on here each and every week and talk pro wrestling, MMA, combat sports, and everything in between. I am Jerry The Impact Dwarf. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch Fight It.